Listeners, and a welcome aboard Costume Station Zero. I'm Bob Mitch, and today I'm with a good friend of mine. You might remember her from Gallifrey One as either Lucy Saxon or Gwen Cooper from Torchwood. So please welcome Amy Hirschman. Hi. Hi, so, Bob. <laughs> good to finally have you on. Uh, for those uh, curious, we've been uh, trying to schedule this podcast for quite some time, so I'm glad we can finally make this happen. Yeah, me too. It's been a few weeks. Oh, yeah. Um, so I started at the beginning. What got you into cosplay and how'd you get started? Well, it was really my love of anime, Japanese anime, that got me started into costuming. Uh, I fell in love with the characters from my ver- from various shows that were my favorites, and I just wanted to become them. And um, I saw people doing it at conventions. I, my very first anime convention was, I think, in 2000, mm-hmm. and I wanted to be a part of that. Uh, which uh, which anime con was that? Uh, that was Otakon in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And is that where you're from? No, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Ah. So what was the cosplay scene out there like? Um, different coasts, different era. I mean, this was, what, 12, 13 years ago? Yeah. Wow, that's hard to believe. It makes me feel kind of old. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Time <laughs> marches on. But no, what was it like? Um, well, there were a lot of really creative people. That was my very first con experience, Otakon was, and it was a really good con to start at because it's the biggest anime convention on the East Coast, Mm -hmm. and I think it still is. And uh, I saw a lot of creativity there, and it really inspired me. So do you think, uh, do do you find that, because I know a lot of people who started in anime, do you find that the uh, the draw there was because a lot of... um, how shall I put it, the cosplay movement seemed to come out of anime, or do you think it's because the characters are so colorful? Um, what draws people? Um, I think it's it's a combination of the outrageous outfits that they wear um, and people seeing it as a challenge to try and uh, take those on and, and make them happen in real life, um, combined with just, uh, you know, the dynamic the dynamics of the personalities of these characters People not only want to cosplay them uh, or costume as them, but they want to sort of act them out, too. And you see this happening in the hallways. And you've been to cons. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen people acting out, trying to take on the personas. Right. So you're saying it's not just that. Are people trying to literally uh, reenact scenes from the episodes? Yeah, or make up their own using the personalities or what they think are the personalities of those characters. Mm-hmm. Hence the word cosplay. Oh yes, yeah. I I, I know the uh, the actual term came out of anime, um, so very apt. Uh, what was uh, the first costume you put together? Very first costume I put together in in terms of cosplay that wasn't a childhood Halloween costume, 
was um, this character called Hitomi. She's one of those girls that travels to another dimension. She's transported to another dimension, um, another world. And it was a pretty simple costume at the time. It was just like a well, a Japanese schoolgirl outfit, basically, like one of those sailor uniforms. Mm-hmm. Um, more more modest than than what you might think of, what some people might think of. Um, just a brown skirt and a yellow sort of polo shirt with a sailor uh, back to it and and a little tie. So that was my first one, and my friends helped me with that. But after that, I was I was hooked. Now, how many uh, anime costumes would you say you put together in total? Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, I had a new one, like, every year, and I think one year I had two. I'm going to say maybe ballpark five or six. So you, you said your first anime con was in 2000. Was that also the first one you cosplayed at? Yes. So so 2000 to about 06-ish, 07 is, was your period of doing this? Uh, well, I think I doubled up a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to Otakon from 2000 until about mm, 2004. Okay. So, yeah. I, like, so when you were diving into this world, I mean, how much of this were you? I mean, were you more of a source it and modify it kind of person, commission it, or were you sewing a lot of this yourself? Uh, well, the first the first costume that I did, the one that I talked about before. I had a lot of help from friends, but the second year, um, that one I took on. Actually, I, I made that completely myself. It was it was a um, it was a light sort of crop blouse, mm-hmm. um, lavender colored. And then the following year, I really went gung ho and went all out and made um, it was like a soldier's uniform. I made a jacket out of vinyl and put in a zipper and everything and and that was a real challenge um i had a little bit of help mm-hmm. with the skirty part that goes around you kind of have to see a picture to understand what i'm talking about um but yeah i i found myself doing a good deal of it myself so uh so were you just simply learning as you went had you taken any classes before was anybody tutoring you I took one sewing class, and mm-hmm. that was before I made that lavender shirt for this character Delandu. Um, but that's about it. You know, I'm I'm not as plugged into the world of anime, so I mean, it sounds like you you really kind of ran the gamut of, of characters. Were there particular uh, series that really grabbed you, or were you going for costumes more for their general like look and challenge? No, I was going for particular characters from favorite series. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one that I made that I had three costumes from was The Vision of Escaflone, okay. which that came out in 1996. Mm-hmm. And it was really popular at the time. And um, I was, you know, the, your, the the main character the first year, but I found that I, for some reason, I, I took a liking to these crazy, um, crazy white-haired young male characters. Mm-hmm. And, and I did a lot of cross-play in the beginning. It does seem to me that the phenomenon of crossplay um, started out of the world of anime because I certainly didn't see it happening with superheroes or, or Doctor Who or Star Trek or whatnot in the conventions I was going to even before I was really cosplaying at conventions. So do you do you think that's because of the fact that a lot of the characters in anime are somewhat drawn um, androgynous, you think? Yeah, I think that's a big reason. I, I don't think that I would have been able to pull that character off 
if he were more masculine. Mm-hmm. I mean, as it is, well, I don't want to give away a major plot point to people who are planning to watch it or, you know, it's an old show, but... I understand. There's a reason that this character is androgynous. Okay. So, out of out of the anime characters you did, this was your, your favorite one, you'd say? Or, would, if not, which one is? Yeah, this was my favorite one. Um, again, his name is Delando Albato. Um, totally, completely funny, made-up name. But he had a very interesting backstory and there's something creepy yet sympathetic and pathetic at the same time that mm-hmm. drew me to to wanting to to cosplay this character and also just how like stand um, standoutish is not a word how noticeable how yeah i guess so that that explains it how how um noticeable how much his costume stood out um, among the others, it was red and black and had pointy bits. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I just wanted to, to become that, that character. It was just my my favorite. It strikes me uh, whenever I have watched uh, anime that, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of exaggeration in the costume. And uh, I, I guess that is half the challenge. How do you interpret that in real life? Do you try to make it more real? Do you embrace it and try to go cartoony? And you know what I mean? Like, uh, I've seen characters that I certainly can tell you who they are, but they clearly are doing weapons that are like, <laughs> I want it's not just like double the size. They're like 400 times the size they should be. They're like giant cannons that take up, you know, like eight times the size of their arm or something. Um, but I mean, and that's cool. I really salute that to embrace it like that, but that must be a huge challenge trying to, you know, essentially bring it to life. Oh, yeah. I think that's the draw for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I've seen these swords that are maybe two times or one head or even more than one head taller than a person mm-hmm. made out of foam. I never made any weapons that big, but I did borrow a uh, samurai's wooden samurai sword mm-hmm. from a friend for this costume and had somebody paint it. But yeah, it's it's a challenge to try and interpret what are these different things made of? What could they be made of? Mm-hmm. And uh, so the upside of this being is that you probably don't have accuracy Nazis hounding you <laughs> with anime costumes, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little different in that way from live action cosplay. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the other big thing about anime characters is uh, the hair. The hair is always just crazy colors, crazy do's. How do you approach trying to do the hairstyles? Um, well, wigs are a favorite subject of mine. I have, I own, I think I've lost count, I own like seven or eight wigs now. Mm-hmm. And I've never really done the, the spiky ones like the Cloud character from Final Fantasy. Um what is it, seven, I think, um, where his hair sticks up in, in all different directions. I've seen that done, but I like the, the anime character's hair that just hangs in their eyes. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, I had one wig that I needed a particular hairstyle, and it was just, this wig was perfect for it, but I needed it to be gray. Mm-hmm. So I, I, let, I had them um, style it while it was on my head, and actually spray paint it gray so it had the perfect color. Um, And I always brought a reference photo. 
So is this, uh, I mean, the place you're going to, did they actually, had they done work for, you know, anime characters before, or they just were just up for the challenge? They were up for the challenge. I think that they'd done wigs for theater before. Probably for Pitt's theater, University of Pittsburgh theater department, or Carnegie Mellon University. Mm -hmm. I was still in Pittsburgh at the time. Um, Actually, it's it's funny that you mention wigs for anime characters now, because there are now companies that exist that um, make wigs specifically styled to look like anime characters. And I've noticed more and more of those cropping up over the years, which could have been very helpful to costumers about 10 years ago. So even though uh, anime kind of coined the term, uh, even they were catching up with the time, so to speak, in terms of uh, availability of certain uh, resources. What um, for for those who are into anime and may not know, uh, what uh, what resources are these? Are they, I assume, websites you can go to, like uh, what Cosworks yeah. maybe or websites? When- um, I know that. Let's see. Her she goes by a uh, scutori Liz Dial, who I don't know if you've had her on your podcast yet or not, but uh, she knows. I Okay, well, she knows some really good um, wig websites that do include custom-made anime wigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because all I can think of offhand is, uh, you know, Costco.com I know has some, and then you can go to wigs.com and I think Cosworks.com, but I don't know how much of those would specify in anime versus just, you know, generic wigs. Uh, where So where were you getting all of your wigs? Just from your, your local shop there? Have you ever branched out and found a place you've liked? Uh, out here on the West Coast or again online? Uh, when I was in, in Pittsburgh, um, there was one particular shop that I liked. Um, I forget the name now. It's been such a while. But uh, out here, uh, my favorite wig shop is thanks to you guys. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, wig, wig Outfitters. Mm-hmm. On Hollywood, right? On Hollywood Boulevard. Yeah, I've bought, I bought two wigs there. So, um, yeah, I think they're really great. I haven't bought any wigs online. Um I like to be able to try them on. Well, that's but, smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm, because you don't want to. You don't want to end up with a wig that might end up looking cheap, or um, you know, might not suit you once it's on. I, I know it's always a little bit of a crapshoot, but not everybody has the luxury of having a good wig shop nearby, unfortunately. Yeah, that's that's true. We're we're lucky living here in LA. Mm-hmm. Um. So okay. So you you've been doing the uh, the anime cosplay for about four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- you weren't doing any cosplay then for a couple of years before you did, uh, uh, Torchwood and Doctor Who? Yeah, my life was kind of, um, in a lot of change between that period and, and discovering Doctor Who, because uh, that's about when I moved to California. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have, uh, I didn't know the convention scene out here until, oh, uh, like 2007, I'd say. Um, because as I recall, um, I met you through the Firefly fan group in the fall of 06, actually, but well long before we met each other on the cosplay circuit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, good times. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's reminiscent. Uh, it's, it's like, it's like, and I still see these people at conventions like, ah, oh, brown coats, but then I'm like, you know, I'm so disconnected from all those, uh, great days of hanging out with, uh, the Firefly Shindigs, which I know still occasionally happen, and I feel bad I haven't been to one in a while. Yeah, did you ever consider cosplaying Firefly? Yeah, I really wanted to cosplay Kaylee. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I have that little bear patch that she has on her on her pant leg. 
Um, so it's it's there somewhere in one of my drawers for the day when I actually do do that costume. One one time I I actually bid on a Kaylee costume on eBay mm-hmm. and and lost because I I'd been in a lull in terms of cosplay for a while and I thought. Oh, I you know I want to get back into it, but I don't have the time or the money to do it. I know I was highly considering doing a Malcolm Reynolds um, in the summer of '05 and uh, early '06, and uh, ultimately, and I've said this many times, the reason I didn't end up doing it, well, partly it was because of cost. I mean, at the time, a lot of it just would have been custom made and custom modified and such, and mm-hmm. a lot of the research wasn't quite out there yet on the costume. I mean, some of it was, but not to the degree it is today, mm-hmm. and. Um, and ultimately came down to casting. I just thought, you know what? I could wear this. I'd love it, but I am not Nathan Fillion. And, uh, you know, it's, and it, it's, I'm of the, I'm of the mind that it shouldn't necessarily stop you from cosplaying. But for me, I, I just decided that I didn't want to, I didn't want to look like an almost Malcolm Reynolds. I wanted to really look like Malcolm Reynolds. So, mm-hmm. uh, one of these days, I know I, I still want to put it together for fun, uh, especially at least just to have the coat just to wear the coat around, but, um, yeah, that's an awesome coat. It is. It really is. And there's, uh, there's several options now to get that coat. Granted. I mean, I've talked to people who've really, you know, uh, gone down the rabbit hole with Malcolm Reynolds and it sounds like, uh, like with certain doctor who coats, you're kind of picking your, uh, you're picking your battle in terms of money versus accuracy and such. But, um, as with all things in life, but yeah, I understand that I was, I was sort of in the same boat. I think instead that year I did my Kirk Allen Superman, um, and I had already just started the Who stuff. I mean, I I had put together a Tom Baker in 04, and I pretty much had that as my standby up until about 07. And then it was starting in 07 that I started putting together all of the rest of the Doctors. So, um, yeah, I do kind of point to 2007 being when uh, Doctor Who cosplay started rebirthing. I mean, it's nowhere near what it is now. It's exploded. But that, to me, yeah. is where I can see it went from flatline to we have a pulse. Oh boy! Did I, I mean, and and I just became I became a fan in around that time, mm-hmm. two thousand six, two thousand seven. So I could see it, Doctor Who and the Torchwood cosplay as it grew. That was exciting, but I'm sure even more exciting for you because you'd been a fan for longer. Yeah, uh, I had seen people cosplay Doctor Who um, in the '90s here and there. I mean, again, uh, we're again no, nothing close to what it is now, but um, you know, there was a there was a decent turnout, and I've seen videos of the earlier '80s conventions I was too young to go to, um, and uh, from like '82, '83, and there were some great looking costumes back then. I'm just like, wow. And again, I don't think that was the large part of the convention. I mean, look, you go to Gallifrey now, and you know, half your hallway it feels like is is filled with some kind of costume. Yeah. Um, and back then, I'm sure it was more like, hey, there's two standout guys in this hallway that are dressed as a doctor or a, you know, a villain or something. Um, but uh, they had uh, cool looking masquerades and such. So it's um, I, I think it's a convergence of as I've talked to a lot of my friends about this, that you you have um, the popularity rise of who itself, because a it's come back. It's a new show, and now that it's on BBC America, it's being very heavily promoted. It's the 50th anniversary, and you converge right. that with the internet and social media and the general rise and acceptance of the geek, and uh, and I think you just kind of have a perfect storm. <laughs> right, absolutely. Of stuff. Uh, but going back to 07, um, so I know, was that your first Gallifrey? It was. Um, so I'm pretty sure that's where I, that's right, because I think I ran into you and, uh, uh, Katie and Selena and the gang, and you were already doing a Torchwood group, weren't you? 
Yeah, it was sort of our test run year, our makeshift. Yes, we're fans, but we don't have anything like that official put together yet. Mm-hmm. Sort of year. That was I had just met them like a few weeks before that. Oh wow! Okay, so um, yeah, that's right. Because Torchwood would have just wrapped. Yeah, that that was the first season, Fall of '06, January yeah. '07. That was an exciting time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I, uh, I, I'm personally, I find the first season had uh, had some bumps in there, but uh, it was definitely interesting. And it was, it, I'll be honest, because to me, you know, Doctor Who's the parent show. It was, it was strange seeing people cosplay Torchwood so early. Mm. I mean, I thought it would take time to gain some acceptance, basically. So, But you pretty much already had the full team, if I remember, except for maybe Tosh. I think by that time... Yeah, you're right, except for Tosh. We, we found her not long after that. Mm-hmm. So how did, how did you guys meet? Um, well, I'll start with how I met them. Um, I just decided randomly one day to go to one of those Time Meddlers meetings. Um, at the, uh, what is it, Las Fis, L- uh, Los Angeles Science Fiction Society? Yes, yes, I used to go to those. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've been back to one of their Time Meddlers meetings since, but that one, one day I showed up and <laughs> <laughs> there was uh, Selena and uh, Rebecca and Emily. And uh, Selena, uh, well, I went out to lunch with them and they put Katie on the phone and they were like, I think we found our Gwen. Famous That's last how words. I met them. <laughs> yeah, famous last words. And the rest is history. Uh, now, Gwen Cooper is interesting because this is another case where clearly... Uh, now, I know you love Torchwood, but, I mean, you you have a fair resemblance to Eve Miles, so this is great oh, casting. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So, was this something that occurred to you, or they just were like, no, 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 you gotta be our Gwen. You gotta... No, you gotta be. Um, it, it, it hadn't occurred to me that much, really. Um... Uh, they once once they they started talking to me at lunch about how they had this group that dressed up as Torchwood and they didn't have a Gwen yet. You know, the idea started forming in my mind, and but then they they put voice to it, mm-hmm. and I was like, huh, oh, yeah, this sounds like something I would really like to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they they said it just it just felt natural. So they're putting together costumes. You put together the first Gwen, which was from which episode? The pilot? Yeah, funny enough, the first um, cost, costume, quote-unquote, that I wore at, in 2007 was something I based off of a promo photo. It was just it was just Eve Miles and John Berriman standing next to each other, and she had like a, a black and white polka dot shirt on. Mm-hmm. So I went out to Ann Taylor Loft or something and bought... A similar shirt, and that's what I wore the first year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I remember that. Mm-hmm. I yeah. actually have a memory of the polka dotted blouse. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, still wear it. <laughs> well, that's the one nice thing I, I, I have to say out of uh, modern uh, Who or Torchwood wear, for the most part, with with some exceptions, that a lot of this can be easily um, uh, brought into daily wardrobe. Oh yeah, one of Gwen's jackets that I bought from somebody on live journal. It's a G star raw jacket. I, I wear it practically every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just become a part of my wardrobe. So as I, you know, adopted Gwen Cooper's wardrobe for cosplay, her, her wardrobe influenced mine. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so 
Um, obviously, uh, the the show is progressing. You have season one, and later, you you know, we're moving through into you know Comic Con and uh, and later Gallifrey's. How many different variants of Gwen did you end up doing, or have you end up doing? Oh gosh, I'll have to to kind of list them off to think about it. Um, okay, there was the the promo the hmm, the version where she has the red shirt and the black. Uh, jacket. I mm-hmm. had two versions of that leather jacket. I should have. I should have prepared for how many costumes I had to list before I came on. <laughs> but um, I had the countryside version, so that's at least three. Um, I did the the bride from Something Borrowed. Yes. Mm-hmm. An episode in season two. That was a lot of fun. Um, and I have. I put a lot of credit for that to Katie having trouble remembering now there's so many i think it came out to about five in all mm-hmm. uh and and would you say you're uh you're, you're kind of um officially done there you're stopping you're not going to be tempted to do any of her other outfits from other episodes yeah i'm i'm kind of tapped out a little bit mm-hmm. um to be honest um miracle day kind of it disappointed me <laughs> i think it disappointed a lot of people yeah, it was it was really it was really fun uh, coming up with all the different variants of her costumes while the show was at its peak. Mm-hmm. And you would consider the peak what the end of season two or Children of Earth? I would say um, somewhere during season two. Mm-hmm. So I remember you having that bride, uh, the pregnant bride outfit um, at I believe it was Comic Con '08 mm-hmm. uh, at the. Uh, um, was that the no? Wait, I'm trying to remember now. I think that was the year that uh, was that the first year they actually did do a Doctor Who panel because I know for a while they only had Torchwood panels at uh, at Comic Con before they actually brought in Doctor Who panels. I think it was. It was either 2008 or 2009. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember you guys got to sit in the front row and you were showing off the uh, <laughs> the pregnant bride dress. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Um, I was. Jumping, ar- jumping around, I jumped into Katie's arms at one point, and one of the what do you call the the guards, the elite staff at Comic Con, yeah, said mm-hmm. t- warned me to stop endangering my baby. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? Why would I be in a wedding dress, pregnant, sitting in a panel? Right. But right. I guess it, that's just credit to. What a convincing job Katie did modifying that dress. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, it, uh, it it definitely looked the part. Um, was that so? That was just a modified wedding dress, basically. Yeah, they found that wedding dress at a thrift shop somewhere in uh, Long Beach, somewhere in Orange County, and it was it was really pretty. And she just added another panel. Well, removed the one that was there, added another panel, and put some pillow stuffing underneath. Well, I looked the part. Uh, when it comes to Gwen's stuff, to me, uh, am I right in thinking that you know you, you, there's a fair amount of um, IDing for the brands and the make, um, and similar, I guess, in how you know there's a lot of the the girls that go after the rose or the Amy Pond items. Is there like a you know is there like a big rush on Gwen items? Like, are, is a lot of this stuff like really highly you know coveted online that, where it shoots up in the secondary market? Yeah, there's one particular T-shirt. It was uh, it had a bunch of faces all over it. It looked very 80s, um, and 
I can't remember the brand, but that one became very popular, and then it, it completely sold out, and no one could find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. And have you found yeah. it? No, I didn't even I didn't even bother looking for it. <laughs> but but the jacket like, you, you mentioned that that had to be a search, right? Um, actually, that was pretty easy because Selena notified me. She alerted me to the fact that somebody was selling it on LiveJournal. Mm, okay. And they were selling it along with another jacket. I think it was a diesel jacket that has this uh, circular pattern on the back. And I, I snapped up both of them at once. So that was lucky. Mm-hmm. And it was, was there anything special about like her boots? Um, no, I just tried to find good matches for those because I know that leather high-heeled boots with some silver or metal accent on them can be pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't even going to try and go there to get the exact boots. But uh, what I did get ended up being... Oh, Pretty a pretty good visual match. So th- this is a good jumping off point to a common question I ask, which is: Are you more about you know stitch for stitch screen accuracy, or is uh, approximating the look okay? I'm a little bit of half and half. Um, it's when I when I take on um, a character, a particular costume, it's pretty important to me that it looks both recognizable and fairly accurate. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's funny because I was more that way, hmm, for anime costumes, but with anime, like we were talking about earlier, it's different because you, you can, you don't have to get an exact match on fabric or color. Right, right. You have, you, you have room for interpretation. Yeah, room for interpretation. Um, I think with these live action costumes, you don't have to be like, um, you don't have to be a Nazi about it, mm-hmm. but um, I do like being as close, closely accurate as possible when I can, like like those jackets. But but if I can't, then I just try and get the most convincingly close look that I can. And I think you're helped by again the fact that uh, your casting is so good, which is a, what we've always talked about. That if you're a little off somewhere in the costume. Especially if it's something that's a minor detail that only, again, the the accuracy Nazis will care about, then um, most people won't notice. A, most people I don't think will notice in general. But if you look like the actor, you're already bringing something to the table that a lot of other cosplayers don't, and so a lot of people already already are are mentally pushing you further into the accuracy department just because of this. I mean, um, uh, I was thinking obviously I always go to Kevin Copa as the yes. tenth Doctor. And you know, and people just kind of freak out because it's it's just got that resonance, and I imagine that's that's got to be um, you know a huge uh, help to you. Oh yeah, it definitely has been. Um, I've you know, it kind of makes your head swell a little bit too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I grew. I I got my haircut specifically to so I, it could go with the cosplay, and I had that haircut, grew it out, and everything for mm-hmm. like three years or something. <laughs> have, you, have you ever met uh, Eve Miles? Yeah, I got to meet her once. Um, it was that same year that um, that we had, that you guys had that awesome picture with Matt and Karen. Oh, okay, 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got to go to a, um, an autograph session, and 
she I, I had I remember uh, a bunch of years ago I had left a message on her um, MySpace when MySpace was still a thing mm-hmm. and um, directed her to a picture of me in the bride costume and she really really liked it and then she remembered me when I went up to her to to say hello and <laughs> and get an autograph so that, oh, that's that, awesome that was, yeah that was really cool now you didn't you weren't able to get a photo with her. No, oh, unfortunately. Hmm. That that would be like the ultimate cosplay achievement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, would you classify your meeting uh, Eve as uh, your favorite cosplay experience, or were you in dress at the time? Oh, you know what? I think I I was dressed as um, the character Death from Sandman that, at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Some fan you are. I know. I, I I could be wrong though. I, I don't remember if it was any co- torture costume I was wearing that day. It was probably just the standard red shirt, um, black leather jacket, and yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. it would be awesome to get a photo with her. Um, well, I'm I'm sure one of these days she'll she'll be back out for for something. And I know Comic Con is very difficult to uh, to get a photo with these guys. I, I've often stressed that what a fluke it was getting that photo with Matt. Uh, oh my gosh, that was amazing! I'm I'm actually glad that I was behind the camera taking a picture for that amazing moment. <laughs> I think the very first um, appearance of that picture on the internet was was mine. Nice, nice. That that was the one that was tumblered a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. I I remember when we got back from that within probably one to two hours, people were like, oh, it's already on Tumblr. I'm like, what? And I'm like, oh yeah, we we live in the age of the internet. It's all yeah, instant. Yeah, I posted it on Twitter and it spread like wildfire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so many people thought that it was like arranged by the BBC, and I had to keep saying no. It was almost in spite of the BBC. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, that was awesome. Yeah, why didn't you jump in after you took a few shots? Because I, I wasn't in Doctor Who costume, and uh, I felt like I didn't want to mess up the picture. Okay. All right. By not being in costume. All right. All right. I mean, because Matt and Karen are kind of in costume because they're themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so it's okay for them. But the uh, whole rest of you guys were in costume, so... Mm. Yeah. Well, I remember it was thanks to you that Terry got in the shot. She wasn't going to, and it's because of that that she got called out on Graham Norton, which uh, I think she's both uh, a little embarrassed yet proud about. Oh, she should definitely be proud about that. Oh, yeah. Well, I think it's only in the context that Matt didn't know who she was, and I thought <laughs> I wouldn't take the blame on that one, except, you know, that was, uh, what, four or five months later, and I would think that, you know, you'd, you'd think somebody on the staff, I, I know there's fans on that Doctor Who staff who could have said, hey, yeah, that's that's Dodo. You know, so he would, whatever. Maybe he was just calling it on the show to be funny. Who knows? Maybe. But um, anyway, yeah, it was it was a great moment. And uh, yes, you should. I imagine eventually one of these days Gallifrey will will bring her over. I know that they they seem to be uh, kind of taking a bit of a a break on Torchwood themselves, but I could see it happening down the line. That would that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. At least you know I got to meet um, Kai Owen. Right. Mm-hmm. The year that was the year that I wore the dress, the uh, bride dress to Gallifrey. Yeah, because I noticed when they have had Torchwood guests at Gallifrey, they're extremely accessible. I mean, weren't you guys hanging out a lot with him and uh, James Moran, the writer? And uh... yeah, we were, and to this day, we're still friends with James. There you go, done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now, did you guys uh, get to meet John Barrowman at Comic Con? Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Katie has had 
um, conversations with him at Comic Con and at the this uh, signing that he did of one of his books in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, she's talked with him several times, and he's commented on at the accuracy or non-accuracy of her <laughs> costume, and it's influenced her to modify her costume as such. Mm-hmm, sure, I, I figured it would. I figured it would. That's yeah, that, that's cool. To the point where eventually um, he said to her when. You know, once she'd made a whole bunch of modifications, he said to her, um, "Where were you when I needed you?" Uh, so, so back to the question: uh, What do you consider that your favorite experience in costume? Do you have a favorite experience in, in any of these costumes, anime or Doctor Who or whatnot? Um, yes, my favorite experience in one of the Gwen costumes. It was mm-hmm. in the Something Borrowed dress. Um, we were standing just outside the panel room after the the uh, live commentary. Uh, with Phil Ford and Kai and Kai Owen, and unbeknownst to me, uh, Selena had arranged for had asked Kai to kiss me ah. <laughs> for a photo, and uh, you know <laughs> that was a real shock, like a good shock. But he, you know, he's he puts his arms around me and he's like, "Hang on, just a second, I'm gonna do something." And he, he dips me backwards, and he full-on kisses me. And, oh, my gosh, I turned so red, and I was so speechless. I was like, this, <laughs> the cameras were snapping, uh-huh. and it was crazy. <laughs> well, well, there you go. I mean, it's uh, so, so you had a close encounter with uh, the, the real uh, husband, Gwen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then later on... Um, Phil uh, Phil Ford encouraged me to go up and recite this line from the episode that I'd memorized because I'm a nerd. <laughs> I think we're all nerds. It's okay. Yeah. Um, recite it to, to Kai. And I was so nervous. And my voice was shaking when I did it. It was, it was the one about, um, I want to marry you. And even if the weevils crawl out of, you know, flood all the sewers in St. Mary's Street, um, I said that whole thing to him, and then he kissed me again, and it was crazy. <laughs> Can't believe these experiences. Uh, no, I, I, I've I've said this uh, many a time in, in uh, other podcasts and in other conversations, but this hobby has uh, has brought me to a lot of great friends I would never have met otherwise, and a lot of great experiences I wouldn't have had otherwise. And a lot of people who, and look, it's a pretty accepted hobby now. Most people don't get too uh, snooty with me if they find out I do this in my spare time. But the few people who kind of don't get it, you know, the, what I call like the people from 20 years ago where the mass public would have been like, you're dressing up, like, <laughs> and you're not a kid. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, you know, I stop and go, yeah, but this has been one of like the, this has brought me so much, you know, fulfillment in my life that I, it, I, I can't, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to knock it. I mean, it sounds like it's the same thing for you. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't want to knock this habit, (laughs) (laughs) you know? In fact, I'd like to, to, you know, do this habit even more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, stepping temporarily aside out of Torchwood, well, actually, you know what? Let me back up. I've asked your best experience. What would you consider your worst or mishap experience in costume? Ooh, Worst or mishap experience? Well, the uh, the high heel boots. I just wore them all day, all around Comic Con, and just my feet were killing me by the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But I just kept telling myself, "This is what you do for cosplay." 
<laughs> tolerate bad footwear um, because it looks so good. Um, yeah. Or maybe that was a part of you saying, I should have gotten the accurate boots. They wouldn't be ruining my feet. Um, uh, I'm sure they would. <laughs> have you have you improved the boots since then, or have you put in at least some uh, you know Doctor Shoals or gel guards or something in there? Um, no, because I've just mainly avoided walking around in them for long periods of time. Oh, I see. So the the <laughs> the cheap solution. Um, do you? Uh, well, I, I I asked this, and I almost already know the answer. But do you have a favorite uh, convention or costuming event? Well, I I choose Gallifrey over Comic Con. Right. Yeah. I had a feeling. <laughs> it's so much more personal, like, so much more friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, now, do you feel with the, uh, the, obviously with the way that the popularity of, of Doctor Who has grown and ergo Gallifrey has grown, you know, it's, uh, uh, for, for anyone who's probably listened to this podcast, they probably already know this, um, but, um, you know, it's sold out very quickly this year and it sold out yeah. last year. And, you know, there's crazy. Exactly. I mean, this is a convention that, uh, back in you know '06, had around maybe I don't know 800, 700, 800 people, and now it's at like really? thirty. Yeah, and now it's at thirty six hundred, and it's kind of crazy. So I mean, now that it's reaching, I mean, look, it'll never quite be Comic Con. I mean, nor should it be. But with within those confines of the fact that it's selling out, and and people are clearly um, really kind of getting into it. Do you feel this has changed the experience in the last couple of years you've been there? Um, I feel it has a little bit. Because, you know, a lot of people, they want to do the same costume um, that, you know, so you get multiples of different characters Mm -hmm. and it just feels so much more crowded. And I feel like maybe in some cases it's discouraged me a little bit from trying certain new costumes because mm, people, some people are just so good that... I, I wondered to myself, you, you know, can I, can I keep up to that level? People are getting, seems like people are getting more and more skilled with this hobby, and I, I shouldn't let that get me down. No, um, you should still but, definitely do the characters that you care about. Yeah, mm-hmm. but do you know what I mean? Um, I, I do. Uh, I, I know there are certain characters that, um, um, I. I've avoided doing because somebody else has done it so well. Um, even though the characters I, I kind of would like to still do, but it, it just g- it gives me an excuse to put it aside for something else that maybe I would have taken longer to get to. A good uh, some cases in point would be um, one of the convention or sorry costumes I considered doing back in the mid two thousands was an Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I never got super serious about it, but I was doing the light research and kind of looking into it. And then I met Scott in 2005, um, and then we really properly got to hang out and, and start our friendship proper in 2006. And um, after that, I thought, well, what's what's the point of <laughs> doing an Adam West Batman? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I, I guess I'll focus on Doctor Who over here, you know. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and other superheroes, but, and then within the realm of Doctor Who, you know, um, uh, Brian, uh, Brian and Meta, um, you know, they had done Sutek, the Destroyer. That was on my short list for a while. And when I saw how great, you know, his came out, I thought, well, I don't think I'll do mine you know, yeah. anytime soon. <laughs> but when it comes to characters I really care about, you know, when it comes to the Doctor, 
Um, I don't think I would necessarily let it let it stop me because I you know I love the doctor and, and it's been one of my goals to put one of each together uh, for so long. But granted, I'm also you know I've been I've been at that project for so long that when I started there were there was less you know people doing it, so I wasn't as discouraged. If I were to jump in now, I could maybe see how that could happen. I think I would still stick it out because I still got the fan love. But I know what you're saying. It's um. Uh, it, if it isn't, oh my gosh, somebody else does it so awesome, whether it's casting or whether it's, it's skill, um, then yeah, you don't necessarily, there is something about no matter how good you are, if you're just the, the 10th or 20th, you know, uh, um, doctor or Superman or, you know, Malcolm Reynolds, it makes you feel like you, you went to all that effort kind of for nothing because well, it's like the slave Leia syndrome, the first few slave Leia's out there. Wow. And now it feels like you're going to see at least 25 of them at every comic con. And yeah. you'd never think that, you know, young, pretty girls in essentially a metal bikini uh, would get old. But it kind of does. It's really, really kind of sad in a way. I mean, you know. Oh, it's another Slave Leia. Yeah, almost, almost. Well, it's like the Stormtroopers. And they've got that down to a science now. And they look great. But, you know, it, got, it gets to the point where I see, a, I see a Stormtrooper no matter how well done it is. And I'm like, oh, cool, Stormtrooper. But I don't take a photo. I'm done. It's like, you know. Yeah, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, okay, we're overstating it, but you see them enough that you're like, okay, the thrill's worn off. And I guess that's the society we're in now. We're very like, you know, okay, thrill me. Um, Hell, I've even seen them at Ren Fair. Oh, well, I, oh, kind of doing the Tatooine thing, huh? I guess so. I, I don't know what they're doing. Because <laughs> it doesn't look like Tatooine too much. Uh, I guess it depends on where the Ren Fair is uh, is set. And my, yeah. the last one I was at was a fairly arid, uh, dry, deserty kind of place. But um, I yes, if you're if you're more of a foresty, well, maybe if it's foresty, then of course they they should be doing Return of the Jedi. That's true. But, uh, if it, if it's a Burning Man, it totally works though. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, I I know of people that do Ren Fair either in Who costume or Star Trek Away Team costume or Ash from Evil Dead, and all that's fun. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's sad. I've I've never done that myself. I've always meant to, um, but I've just never got around to it. And um, I think part of it too is I know how hot those costumes get. And um, if uh, if I'm walking around outside in the sun <laughs> in California, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'll have a, that uh, that good of a time. And I'm also like, d- definitely afraid of getting anything uh, damaged. Well, I'm sorry, what? Oh, that was like me in my uh, Delando costume in Baltimore in the summer heat and humidity that year. Mm-hmm. The, the character, he's insane. And uh, going outside in that heat and humidity in a vinyl suit was a bad idea. Mm. And I ended up feeling quite insane by the time I got inside. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, a lot of the costumes that we, we seem to like aren't necessarily uh, made with California um, summer weather in mind, um, unfortunately. No. Um, I mean, Gallifrey is kind of nice that it takes place in February, but even still, it's, uh, yeah. Ooh. English, yeah. English layered costumes. Have you ever had a common misidentification for a character you've been? Yeah, I think once dressed as Gwen, I, I got mistaken for Lady Christina. Oh, uh, um, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, but that's an easy mistake to make. What is your favorite material to work with? Huh, that's an interesting question. Um... I oh I remember this one material that I used um, to make the diadem 
for the Delandu character. Mm-hmm. It was it was somewhere in between. Um, it was somewhere close to to Wonderflex, but not quite as stiff. Um, I think it was just interfacing. I felt like that was pretty versatile because it gave a good. It gave a good backing mm-hmm. um, to this wire frame that I had created. So, uh, and this was just like a, just like a medium weight interfacing material. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was fun to work with. Um, also, anything, any, anything shiny. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty broad, but okay. <laughs> I know, like, it was really fun working with the, with the gold material that I, that I, um, that I put on that diadem that just that that is one of my favorite items that I made mm-hmm. so of course it would become one of my favorite materials to work with mm-hmm. tell me about Lucy Saxon how did that come together um, well I I really um, liked the master uh, and I know not everybody likes John Sims version of the master mm-hmm. but that was the first version of the master that I saw mm-hmm. so I I know that I can't pull off the master himself. I know some girls can, but I don't think I can. Mm-hmm. So I decided, okay, I'll I'll be his companion. Um, the major I think selling point of that costume is is the wig, mm-hmm. um, the hair. Uh, so thanks to to the recommendation of you guys, I went to Wig Outfitters uh, with a with a reference photo, and they I picked out a wig and they styled it for me. Uh, it looked really great, and excuse me, um, the the red dress, I, I got that from Ann Taylor Loft. But to be honest, somewhere down the line, I would like to redo that for mm-hmm. more accuracy. It like we were talking about earlier, it it gives the look, like the look comes across. People recognized it as Lucy Saxon, mm-hmm. but it wasn't the dress itself wasn't exactly screen accurate. Okay, but again, going going for the look, and I'm sure it wasn't a terribly expensive dress. But and so, if you were to revisit it, would you have the dress made from scratch, or would you just look for just a closer match off the rack? Um, I think I'd I'd start off looking for a closer match, but if I couldn't find anything, I'd I'd like to take it to the next level and jump into making something from scratch. Was that dress ever ID'd as being off the rack, or do you think it was custom? Mm, that's a good question. I don't really. I had not really heard of it being off the rack, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna point my finger at it as being custom, unless somebody says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, might uh, might send me scurrying to Doctor Who scale. Uh, sorry, DW Sales. Um, gosh, why can't I say this right? DW Cosplay Sales, and uh, see if there's any uh, hits on that. But um, uh, was there anything uh, fancy with the shoes? Absolutely the least fancy that you could get. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Payless. Ah, good old Payless. And I got what I paid for because I can't wear those shoes. They hurt so badly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I feel bad you did that costume after long after I did the, um, gosh, boy, this was a ways back. Those uh, flyers I did at uh, Comic-Con that had Vote Saxon on them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember giving them to you guys as a group when I ran into you at Comic-Con. Um, that probably was 08. That sounds kind of right. Maybe it was 07, but I'm pretty sure it was 08. 
Ah. I never uh, wore that costume to Comic-Con. I only wore it at Gallifrey once. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no, no. You weren't Lucy Saxon then. I just happened to give it to you guys because you were, you know, I'm like, hey, more Doctor Who fans. Here, take one. And, um, yeah, that had to... Gosh, I just can't remember if it was 07 or right. I know it was really early with the the big Who push. And part of the reason I remember doing those flyers beyond the cool thing of, hey, if you turn it around, it's your vote Saxon flyer. The front side was a big thing promoting you know, Doctor Who and Torchwood. And it was kind of my own way of trying to help push the show. And I remember mm-hmm. leaving huge stacks of those flyers in the uh, the swag table in the sales pavilion. Um, and I, I'm assuming they all got picked up because, I mean, after I dumped two piles, I never went back for them. And that's one of those things where it shows the fan love because, you know, I, I don't it wasn't crazy money, but I probably blew whatever, you know, 50 bucks in, in running off you know, a huge sack of flyers just so I could promote the show. You know, it's not even like the BBC asked me or anything. I was was just trying to be like, get the word out there. Everyone has to like Doctor Who, darn it. And that's uh, one of the really fun things about the show. You can take things that are, that are in the episodes and bring them out into the real world mm -hmm. just to, for the love of the show and to try and promote it like those signs. And then also I think people have arranged a tally mark day for April 23rd where they're going to walk around, you know, making tally marks on their arms all day, huh. like as if they saw the silence. So what do you consider your most stressful or challenging costume? One of my most challenging costumes was the policewoman Gwen. I didn't think that I would actually make that one or put that one together um, because I didn't know where in the heck was I supposed to get items that looked like that um so what i ended up doing was instead of trying to to uh find just some some old white polo shirt i actually went on a uh like police provider website Hmm. um i think it's called quartermaster and they actually have a store in la and uh come to think of it i i went to the store and i got like a security guard um white shirt and then but the the main piece of that was the the vest mm-hmm. the bulletproof vest that they wear um so i had to go i was searched i searched online pretty extensively for that and i found this website called one stop cop shop hmm. <laughs> and it's actually it, it is a uk shop and they sell actual ex-police issue items wow and it was, you know, I had to, to deal with the exchange rate and everything. But I ended up buying this actual stab vest, or anti-stab vest, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, you can get, um, like, cloth Velcro um, decals that say police on eBay, which is kind of scary. <laughs> you can get those. Uh-huh. But I did. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I, I bought the, all this, and um, and I wore it once to Gallifrey. I'd love to have the opportunity to, to wear that again. I could wear it to Galley again. But that was um, that was a challenge to get that all together. No, I can imagine anything with the uniform. Uh, I'm, I'm very thankful in some ways that a lot of the costumes I approach are, oh, okay, just do it custom. And, okay, that's got its own challenges. But to me, that's just a matter of finding like fa- your fabrics and – you know, uh, figuring out how to actually put it together or find someone who can put it together for you. 
And But when it comes to uniforms, you really are kind of doing what you had to do. And I know Scott had to go through similar uh, steps when he put together the Brigadier. Um, yeah. And in many cases, um, you know, it, uh, yeah, you're you're kind of going to a uniform site. You want it in some cases you want it to be real. In other cases, you need to be practical about con floor costumey stuff. So it's not going to you know weigh you down. Yeah. Um, well, literally, this this vest is heavy. Oh, I can imagine. I can completely imagine. Um, yeah. And now was any of this that did you have to source this from England? Like, did it have to be very specific to uh, the UK? Uh, yeah, actually, because I couldn't find any vest like this on any U.S. sites. Sure. So, um, yeah, and Scott had the same thing. I mean, that's a that's a that's a British uniform. He I think he scored a few little things like the shirt and stuff here, but the rest he had to source through uh, military kind of uh, outlets in the U.K. That specialized yeah, in that hats, kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the hats that that police women wear are different in the U.K. too. I ended up not getting a hat, um, but I did find a lot of them on uh, fancy dress, what they call fancy dress websites, which mm-hmm. is are really, you know, just like plain old Halloween costume websites, but they call it fancy dress there. Right, right, right. Now... Oh, and a funny story. I have a funny story real quick about that vest. Okay. It, it resides in my trunk right now. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just there in my trunk. And um, one day I took my car in to get some work done, and they went through my trunk, I think, to look for my spare tire. And they asked me, and the guy came back in to the waiting room and asked me if I was a cop. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Nice, nice. I, uh, yeah, one of my uh, credit cards is from Teacher Federal Credit Union, which is uh, based out of uh, Minnesota. Um, and every time I've had to use it, everyone always thinks, oh, so how long have you been a teacher? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> never <laughs> but you know that's that's how that's how you know, people are going to do that um do you find when you do uh certain variants or certain characters like you know well for instance lucy saxon you know she was in an ep- you know a couple episodes in 2007 she reappears briefly in 2009 um you know gwen, a lot of these gwen costumes you're talking about i mean look one you know torchwood effectively ended as far as i'm concerned in 2011 um, and a number of these costumes you're talking about are really from the first two seasons, um, going back to 2008. Um, do you yeah. find that where, I mean, wearing them again, like the, the awareness isn't as there, like the appreciation is lower or do you find it doesn't matter? Cause some characters like the doctor, it totally doesn't matter, but other characters, obviously like Lady Christina, I can imagine go over not as well because it was a one-off appearance, you know, uh, so long ago. And I'm not saying Gwen is in that uh, category, but Lucy is. So how do you, how do you find the reaction is when you wear them after the initial appearance? Well, I feel like um, now, like some of the enthusiasm has gone down mm-hmm. uh, for those characters. Like you don't see as as many people cosplaying them as you did, say, a couple of years ago. Right, and it's. I I could liken it to something, but it might come out sounding really sad. Um, <laughs> I could li- liken it a little bit to being like a a child star or like having a, a 15 minutes of fame sort mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. And then when the show is not on the air anymore, it's not as big of a thing. It's It feels kind of like... The party's over. Yeah, a little bit like the party's over. Like 
people aren't as excited about the costume anymore. Mm-hmm. Like we're wearing that, the bride costume that was like right after that season. Sure. So that was really relevant then. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if, it, I don't know if as many people would recognize it now. Um, but I, I guess the other issue too, um, I mean, partly you're dealing with, um, how iconic a certain costume or character becomes, but, um, and if they, they show up a lot, which is why it's hard to ever go wrong with a doctor or a main companion, like, you know, Rose or Amy. Um, uh-huh. but when you're dealing with other characters, I find that maybe that individual character has waned a bit. Like I know Jackson Lake's been on my short list for a long time. Even though, of course, now the next Doctor is, good God, you know, um, almost five years behind us now. And I know the excitement for that costume wouldn't be as big as it would have been if I'd somehow been able to magically put it together in 2009. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, on the other hand, uh, it well, for me, I just, I really like that costume. One of these days, I know somehow I'm going to do it. But um, in context of these other characters, I'm thinking, if you do a Lucy... And you've now got um, a huge group, and you're doing like a, a Last of the Time Lords group. Then I imagine the enthusiasm goes back up because I've always believed there's power in a group over an individual oh, yeah. cosplay. In that case, definitely, if you're in a group and you're all walking around together and you all have the same like level of enthusiasm and in characterness, then I've gather and want to take pictures of you. Uh, okay, there was a. Um, there's a really cute young couple um, that were the master and Lucy and their outfits were not you know screen accurate but they were absolutely recognizable mm-hmm. and they were really cute together and it brought my enthusiasm back up again this was at Gallifrey just this year mm-hmm. right right um, so yeah there is there absolutely is power in groups uh, no, completely. And I find that, you know, when, when people go, I mean, in a way, by the explosion of cosplay, it's forced people to kind of search for uh, lesser cosplay characters. And I know that it was either two years ago, I want to say it could have been three, I saw a couple doing um, WizKid and uh, Madge from Greatest Show in the Galaxy, which, I mean, look, I don't know how many people probably got it. I mean, a Gallifrey is the only time you're going to try to pull those characters off, but it sure made my day, you know? <laughs> it was like, yeah. wow, you never see that. Um, and uh, it's, it's great. So that's where I feel you're, okay, you're not going to get stopped by, you know, every person in the crowd, but the handful that does stop you is going to flip out. And Yeah, uh, that's the best. I, I, You know, I wish that some older guy would take on Wilf. <laughs> never see that. That's true. Well, you rarely see a Mickey. That's true too. Although I did see a good one this past Gallifrey. Okay, yeah. No, with I'm not saying Rose, no. who with... was actually his wife. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Yeah. No. Um. You're right. There's certain characters you just don't see much, and part of that's demographic, and part of that is, I don't know, popularity of character. I mean, let's face it. You know, I don't think Mickey was ever as, as accepted as Rory is was. Sorry. Yeah. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Where would you point people to um, get costuming resources, um, either in person or online? Your favorite place, DW Cosplay yes. on LiveJournal. Yes. Mm-hmm. That I come on, yes. Definitely, if you're into Doctor Who cosplaying. I'd, really, if you think about it, the best two places to go is dwcosplay.com and uh, uh, the Velvet Web on Gallifrey Base, for those who want to join the forum or aren't already there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, uh, there's cosplay.com. Um, it's been a while since I've been on that site, but uh, have you been on there recently? Not recently. Um, I always tend to pop my head in once in a while, kind of see what's going on. Usually around the time of Comic-Con, because that's where I'm trying to do the setup for the meetup times for the Doctor Who cosplayers. What's your number one tip to beginners? Number one tip to beginners. I would say talk to the people, talk to your friends who have been into cosplay for a while. Uh, get some advice from them. Um, ask them your, your most burning questions. That's a good place to start. Um, don't be afraid to ask you know, questions about how you how you would make something from scratch or how you would go about, you know, sourcing something, uh, some item, some brand, particular brand for a character if it's off the rack. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to learn. Mm-hmm. Good advice. And uh, this might be the same thing, but I always like to ask, what is the most important thing you have learned in this hobby? Just have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. Because if you take it too seriously, there's drama, and drama is never fun. <laughs> it's not like there's no drama in cosplay. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just try to just yeah, just try to have fun with it, and try to avoid drama as much as you can. Yes. Um, uh, words to live by. Uh, what is on your drawing board right now? What what costumes are on your wish list? Okay, my wish list. I think top my. At the top of my wish list right now, um, everybody's going to want to do it, but I want to be Clara, um, the new companion. From which episode? From, I love the Victorian outfit, but that's a lot of effort. So, barring that, uh, one of the one of the more modern clothing episodes, if I if I had to put something together quickly. Um, so basically, you're going to be reviewing all uh, eight episodes here of season seven B, and uh, and picking out a favorite and just going for it. Yeah, probably. But uh, I really like the souffle girl outfit too. Sure, that's that's really recognizable. And I know there are some very specific shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that it's it's a character that I could really pull off. Yeah, no, for sure. And uh, it's a right fun character, and we presume she'll be around for a while. And uh, you know. Um, I'm waiting to see how that's going to start to eclipse the, uh, you know, all of the Amy talk. Yeah. <laughs> but besides that, um, I'm really interested in being Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Ah, mm-hmm. yep. I know people have been doing her doing her costume for ages, and I've seen some really good ones. Mm-hmm. But that that is one that I would love to try. Do you know anyone else doing Game of Thrones that you could join up as a group? Um. As far as my friends, no, I don't really know, but I don't think it would be that hard to find one. If you if you did an Amy Pond cosplay and you looked good in it, maybe you could do Sansa. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, very true. Yeah. Not gonna say yeah. Um, or the daughter on Castle. <laughs> yeah, or her. If you. <laughs> oh man, I don't want to get like red hair racist no here. <laughs> no um uh so anything anything else on the on the front burner beyond those i've i've wanted to do harley quinn for the longest time mm-hmm. but it's just never materialized mm-hmm. yeah 
<laughs> and that's it. I'm at those three, and I, t- I tap out for a while. Okay. Well, um, are, are you going to Comic-Con this year? Uh, I may skip it this year because I'm saving money for the wedding. Sure, sure. Did you even get in? Did you get tickets? I could if I wanted to for um, for press. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But then you got to deal with the hotel then, right? I mean, or do you do you have a place? Yeah, there's that whole thing. I was going to say, I mean, we, we weren't 100% sure, but I still knew I had to go through the motions because I didn't want to suddenly get to like mid-June and go, hey, we want to go after all. And I know that you can't just do that. You have to really plan. Uh, yeah. Have your ducks in a row. Ah, we. Um, where can people find you online? Um, well, these days I'm I'm mostly on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I do have a cosplay.com account. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a long time since I've been on there or posted anything on there, but I'm I'm I have a, a Twitter that needs to get back into use. I'm not being very helpful here, but but mostly I'm on Facebook. Um, oh, one one last uh, question out of curiosity. You know, uh, you know, you you started in the hobby thirteen years ago, and wow. yeah, and you were you know doing uh, in a, in a totally different area, but with with anime on a different coast. Here you are doing mostly Doctor Who cosplay now on the West Coast, and you mm-hmm. know we've been commenting about how cosplay has really exploded within the world of Who, and I think in general. Uh, what do you feel is the biggest difference between then and now in in the hobby, aside from the fact it's obviously much more prevalent? Personally? Yeah. Um, You mean in regard to my costuming or in In, general? Yeah, in general and and such. What what have you perceived to be the big change from then to now? I think among cosplayers, um, people have gotten a lot more crafty, a lot more um, resourceful putting together their costumes where where they can what what materials they can use mm-hmm. um, where they can get items from I think I think people are you know like anything that evolves cosplay is evolving mm-hmm. very true very true do you feel the attitude is still the same yeah <laughs> basically yeah people have their have their cliques and and their elitism but um you know, they people also have their love for it. So I think that the, the attitude towards cosplay and costuming um, remains the same. But I haven't found a, a more dedicated group than than my group of friends um, now. I think. <laughs> so you're saying that Doctor Who fans are more intense about cosplay than anime fans? I find that difficult to believe. No, no, no I just mean like, I, well. It's it's a totally different animal, I guess. Um, you you guys, I, I I had never heard of doing um like a fabric run or a. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't mean a fabric run, like um where where you go and get get multiple copies made of what do you call that? A group run. A group run, mm-hmm. yeah. I'd never heard of anybody doing that when it came to anime cosplay. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of it either. To be honest, the whole concept came out of the Replica Prop Forum and that usually had to do with props for sci-fi stuff, you know. Uh, for I mean, anything. It could be a simple paper prop or it could be uh, some meson blaster or something. But, uh, yeah, that's where that all kind of came from. And I'm, I was aware of it and I, um, I was never a part of those before because usually it was stuff that either I couldn't afford or didn't have that much interest in. And uh, But you're right. And then yeah, no, you have a good point. I forgot about that. That it's not there's certain fandoms where that's just not commonplace. You're right. Yeah, 
just learning all kinds of new sides to the cosplay world all the time. And I bet if I went back to anime cosplay now, I'd, I'd learn new things about that that people are doing now that they weren't doing 13 years ago. Oh, I'm sure. Completely. Um, well, uh, I think that about wraps it up. Do you have any final thoughts? Just uh, that I, I feel uh, like... It's a. I, I'm very happy to be a part of the of this world, make believe and 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 creativity. Very cool. Uh, well, Amy, thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me, Bob. And we'll be back next week with more shop talk here on Costume Station Zero. 